Hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with us and I'm. Hello. How are you, Maggie? I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. I mean, you ask me that every week. I know. I, I don't have any banter still. Crowley just came up here chewing on something. God only knows what. What do you got? What do you have, Crowley? Drop it. Yeah, it's going well. Yeah. So I saw it too again today. How was because that? some of us actually like them that franchise and property. Are you, are you nerding out on and me? Some of us. Are you fanboying just out on pretend me? When it's convenient, like you. So in in your estimation, then you can only like really, really love something or pretend to love something. You can't just enjoy it somewhat. No, I'll say this. So we go to see it, and I went because Logan wanted to go see it. Because we made him watch yep. it chapter one last it chapter week. one, and he was like, now I want to see chapter two, so... And I didn't want to sit through it again. I was Not like, in a theater, anyways. I'll three go. hours. I was like, I'll go with you. So I go, and it finishes, and he says, I don't think Father actually likes it. That's what he said to me. <laughs> and I was like, I agree. So I just don't like it at all. He doesn't think so. Okay. Yeah, we think you're 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 a fucking poser. No, how would that benefit me? Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, like, why would I bother? Because you're just trying to, like to get something? laid. Is it? It's not working. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> it is not working. Yeah. Do you want to go into my health problems no. that cause it to no? No, but you yeah. you said it, not me. So, but yeah, that's what you're trying to do. No, I. I I've never pretended to be a fan of something. I've tried to be a fan of things like, say, Grand Theft Auto and Harry Potter and Brink and Brink, the game, the, the, the oft oft remembered game <laughs> by you, mostly forgotten game by everyone else. So the reason it's remembered. So everybody I bought it twice. No, you That's didn't. It. No, yes, you didn't. it was only twice. No, I bought multiple no, copies, though, so the kids could play with me. That's why you so think I bought so many copies. He bought three copies two times. Which Not true either. Copies. I bought one copy the first time, got rid of it, bought it again. <laughs> and then the second time I bought three copies so we could play. And we still have those copies. So many copies of Brink. And he was just always like, I really I'm, like I'm that like, game. I'm going to like this game. No, I guys. did like the game. It so showed like promise. Six copies of the game later. Maybe See, I'll you're like leaving a lot of time. stuff out. One, it's a multiplayer only game. And my friends bounced off it real quick. So it made it hard to, to keep playing it. Two. We bought it on the PlayStation like a day or two before the entire PlayStation network network went down for like a fucking month. So that put a. Wasn't that when we got them the PlayStation for Christmas or was that a different time? No, this wasn't. This was earlier in the year that when Brink came out, because I remember Brink and then another multiplayer centric game came out like the day before the PlayStation network. Just no, you're thinking, oh, you're thinking of the Christmas. Th this wasn't a DDoS thing. This was something different. That was a completely different scenario where the PlayStation Network was knocked out of commission. This was something else. Sounds like Sony really has it together. Sony sucks. And this was a different time when Sony, they took down their own network because of a security issue that someone found and then shared on the Internet. So they just took down all of their network stuff for like a full fucking month while they tried to figure out how to fix their flaw where everybody's passwords and everybody's credit card information was lifted and everything. Yeah, it was totally fucked up. Sony is fucking terrible. I don't know why everybody forgets how terrible Sony is, but I remember. I remember that shit. Never <laughs> forget. Like, never forget. Never forget. Sony fucking sucks. And I say that as a former Sony brand ambassador, basically, when I when I used to do you know home theater advising and stuff, I recommended a lot, a lot of Sony stuff. And when they when they shit on me, I've ever since there's the only Sony thing I have now are their game systems. I don't have Sony TV receiver, Blu-ray player, speakers, nothing. I got Sony nothing now because of what they when they fucked me over personally. I was like, all right, I'm fucking done with you people. Right. But anyway, going Should back to being on. a fan of things. No, I, I, I just I, I kind of like it. And also I have a fond association of it because of you. And I think that helps me like it more than normal. Um, 
but no, it's not one of my all-time favorite properties or anything. There's just elements of it that well, I enjoy. That's wrong. That's the wrong answer. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I, I'm not a, a huge It fan. I don't purport to be. Uh, I just, I think there are much better horror franchises. It Chapter 2 isn't nearly as funny the second viewing. Really? Yeah. Well, I think the I think the humor, a lot of the humor came because it caught you off guard. Yeah. Initially, you weren't expecting the humor in the second one. So maybe the second time. The second time you watch it, it's not nearly as funny. Yeah. It's huh. just like. Mildly hmm. amusing. I, I love Bill Hader. I feel like his parts were still funny. Like when he started doing that weird dance. Like that's just funny. <laughs> I have that image in my head. When he comes out and he's just like. He's like, remember he used to do that? He used to be like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what he's was like that doing dance? a Pennywise impression. <laughs> That was great. Uh, uh, that that it, that was so funny. I like and I laughed. And the but I, I'm not a big fan like of it. Shockingly crowded. The reason I'm not a big fan of it though is because the TV miniseries is not good. That's I tr and I tried You're to read good. it when I was younger, and it was it was just <laughs> too book, much. The it reminded like, the, the book. It reminds me of a Pepperidge Farm commercial. It's like I remember Pepperidge back Farms when I was young. <laughs> yeah, that's like, and it's, it's just too much. I'm I'm a much more wham bam thank you ma'am kind of guy when it comes to my entertainment yeah uh, unless it's like quentin tarantino i really I, I do like dialogue heavy stuff but i don't like atmospherically heavy stuff which the book is right is that a, ac accurate in any way because i haven't read the whole thing so i'm just going by the little bit i've read it's all about establishing establishing atmosphere and detail 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 right yeah it's submersive if, if that's what you're asking and it's just it's too much a lot of the but again I like Stephen King. I read all of Pet, Pet Cemetery was the first Stephen King book I read. Such a good book. Scared the piss out of me. But again, it was it was probably half the length of it though. My absolute biggest fear comes from that. With the the from Achilles Pet tendon slicing oh. <laughs> <laughs> that they put in all, tons my of movies since biggest then. Biggest fear. Um, like, <laughs> and I read Misery, and you know him going into detail for for the the gory stuff. I truly appreciate. Like, that's great stuff. And that was that, you know, that was stuff that made, you know, my my the hair on my fucking neck go up or whatever. Uh, like when he describes when in misery, when when she chops his foot off and he recoils and his foot's still attached, okay. though. Yeah. And it, it, it go, like I, I do love that. I am not at all shitting on Stephen King. It's just I, I like like Chuck Palahniuk or Chuck Palahniuk, however you say his name. You know, he is very fast paced, right? Yeah. His, well, his books are like a speed read. Yeah. They, they you move. Can, you finish his book in like one of his books in an afternoon. Well, I don't. But you you might. I <laughs> do. I, I read pretty fast. Yeah. But like, and it's funny because you read pretty fast, too. But yeah, but I don't read a lot at a time because it makes me sleepy. So it takes me longer to read books because <laughs> I just want to go to sleep Reading shortly. It makes me sleepy. It does. No, I read fast and like his books are like an afternoon read for me. And they're good. I enjoy them, but they are fast. They're yeah. fast reads. But no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider myself like a hardcore it fan by any means. I do. I enjoy the new movies. I enjoy Tim Curry's performance in the miniseries. But otherwise, the miniseries fucking sucks. I don't care. Everybody can have like all the nostalgic attach, attachment you to you it. You like that end where? No, I don't like puts the end. Audra on the back of his bike and they go riding. <laughs> I forgot to all fucking about town. that until we watched it last week. I was like, holy shit! This is why I've only watched it one time. And that's why, I like, when when you're like, man, that's bad. I was like, wait, you haven't seen the worst part of the ending yeah. of the miniseries yet. 1998 miniseries ending. And I understand it was about. very limited by television restrictions, television <sighs> budgets, all that stuff. But still, and I didn't watch it when it was on either. I didn't have the so, ability to. That's so bad. It's just so fucking so bad. So I think a lot of people just, like, just kind of have that nostalgic attachment to it because it is not, it's not very good. The new movie, Logan's like, well, they sure made short work of Pennywise and they really do. But it's at the like, end? Yeah. They really don't. It's a three hour movie. I don't well, think the, they made the sure work of them at like all. When, once they actually yeah, get Yeah, but they, in, we've been there in there for the three cave. hours. They need to wrap it up. <laughs> like, get this shit done. God damn. Well, if you count the whole thing from start to finish, I mean... And they're the going to release a cut of it that I'll watch. The, me and Mark were talking like, about. Mark was telling gonna me... like five and a half hours? Yeah. They're going to... And I'm like, I'll watch that. He's like, yeah, I'll watch it. He's like, I thought it was too long, too, but I'll watch it, too. <laughs> we're both like, yeah, well, but at home... Is Mark the third ghost host? Because you talk about him an awful lot. Are you jealous? I'm just saying, me, me you're, not, you're not here. You're not here. <laughs> He's the one who told me about the cut. I just thought that was relevant. So, I didn't read it somewhere. Mark told me they were going to release that. So, 
That's yeah, my source of information. From the time Georgia gets his arm ripped off to the time Pennywise is defeated is like five and a half hours. Yeah. So it it, it is a minute. It's five and yeah. a half hours and twenty seven years. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a minute. No, I think they're both solidly constructed movie. I really, I prefer the first one. Um, again, because it's got that Goonies vibe to it. If you listen to the, if you listen to the book, it's forty-five hours. So I mean, you got time, <laughs> right? You got to decide. No thanks. Have you been listening to that? Have you been soldiering? Through I that? returned it because I was like, listen, I need to just buy it. Yeah. It's listening to a book that long when it's from the library is stressful. I was gonna say it makes you anxious, right? Because you're like, you got to get through it now. And then you see. Like the library tells you, it says one good turn when there's someone in line. Instead of saying, continue reading and blah, blah, blah. It says one good turn to tell you that somebody's waiting and you need to return this book. Oh, Jesus Even though Christ. it tells you how many days Fuck you have left. You. And you get the books for 21 days. So I was like, which, which 21 days is decent. Yeah. Have three weeks with a book, you know? And I was like, all right, if I can listen like two hours a day, I can get through, get through this fucking <laughs> it book. It becomes an assignment. It becomes right. a chore. And then I was like, then you miss a few days and I'm like, shit, now I'm up to like listening to eight hours a day to be able to get through this fucking book. And I was like, you know what? And then I see two people are waiting. I'm like, this is like, th I'm getting anxiety over this. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm just going to pay $12.99 and fucking it's a solid buy the investment. book. That's cheap for and an audio book, especially Well, that it's length. only cheap like that. It's probably that like an eight CD book if you bought the CD version. And it costs more if you just buy it. But because I own it on Kindle, you get a discounted price for buying it on a second format. See, I, I have the same thing with, you know, Star Wars season is afoot. New movies coming out, Mandalorian TV series. I've never made it through all of the Star Wars Clone Wars animated series, but that is canon. It takes place between episodes two and three. And I've started, it's six fucking seasons. <laughs> so there's a lot of episodes there. Not every episode feels important that I've seen, so I haven't made my way. I'm but sorry. However, so it's the, the animated series, like, that the chick who, the chick with the, like, two Ahsoka. tail things coming Ahsoka. out of her head. Yeah, Ahsoka. That's that's canon? Yes. Yeah, all that, that is TV's canon. Show, that show, that's, that's canon. And I, she's... And she's going to, uh, from what I know, you know, she grows up over the series and and uh, uh, people are a real big fan of that character. And, and she's fairly likable now, even. Oh, really, good. Crowley? The Crowley's a, a this is toy. when you discover the squeaky toy you haven't touched in about two months. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I want to get through that because it covers, you know, that I think they reintroduced Darth Maul. That's when you first find out Darth Maul is still alive. Is in Spoiler, the Clone Wars series. Oh, who gives a shit? If you haven't seen whatever, Solo whatever. by now, that's on you. You are not a Star Wars fan. Your problem now. I don't feel bad at all. Yeah, it's been out for like over a year. It's been out for a year. That's on you. Um, but yeah, so Darth Maul has has been alive in that, and then there's the Star Wars Resistance. Uh, no, I'm I'm not. Is it Resistance? No, Rebels. Resistance is is the new one. Resistance Rebels. Fall of Man. Remember when you went to New to California? Yeah. Scared the shit on me. <laughs> that was great. But then then Rebels comes in. That's four seasons. And I actually see I like that a lot better. It's got a much more diverse cast. Literally, the Clone Wars is a bunch of clones. And it's the same guy voices everybody pretty much, except with like different accents. It's it, it's a little grating. <laughs> they give them different personalities. Clone but it's Wars hard. would be like me. I'd be like, hello, mate. I'm a clown. <laughs> yeah. And everybody tries to sound like Django Fett and different variations of Django Fett and it's not bad or anything but man six seasons oof I don't know if I will ever get through it I certainly won't get through it before the next movie comes out though I really really want to but instead today for instance I just watched Spider-Man 67 that, that cartoon because that that show that show is oddly funny I don't and sometimes intentionally so and sometimes Did you watch that when I was gone because yeah you, while you, you were watch watching that at all while I was no while you, while you were at the movies I, I watched like three episodes of that and I couldn't help but compare it to like Batman 66 since they came out, you know, within a year of each other. And it's actually a much better show than the live action Batman, even though it's it's still a little bit campy and corny, but not, not nearly as bad as that Batman saw show. That, saw that Joker trailer again. Yeah. That, that movie does look so good. Yeah, we're going to we're going to go see that. I'm getting tickets yeah. tomorrow. It looks, that looks like a good movie. It's a plus movie. All the other trailers was like, boo. <laughs> no, thank you. So do you have a topic for us? I have an article I'm going to read you. Let's do it. Let's get I'm this gonna, done. I'm just going to read you an article. Power through this episode. I have to tell you, <laughs> I 
this my none of you care about this, but uh, as you know, I I run a business. I own a business, and then I therefore run it. You are you are the business. I am the business. You are all the and roles. I uh I I it's been quite a week. I've had a lot going on. Fucking busy. So when I saw this article, I actually saw a Reddit thread about it. And I read the thread. I read the Reddit. Yeah. Whatever. You read it. And I read it. And then there this article was linked within the thread. And I found it very interesting. And I decided I'm going to read it to you. It's from All That's Interesting. Written by Gabe Paoletta. Paoletti. Paoletti. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to say, too, like when you say you're busy, like you're like really busy. Oh, yeah. Oh, so I hate the glorification of busy, right? Like yeah. I'm against it. Here's a platform for you. I'm against when people say they're busy and then they're fucking sitting watching Netflix all the time. Fuck you. When I say I'm busy, I'm sitting at my desk from the time I wake up working, actively working, not just sitting at my desk until like 10, 11 o'clock at night. So whenever you get go to bed or sometimes yeah, sometimes later. sometimes it's 4 a.m. Sometimes it's earlier. Sometimes the point is you sometimes you I just working. I make a decision and I stop at eight all you know? the time. And sometimes I, I make a decision at eight o'clock and then I get an email that something broke and I have to get back up and start working again at eight fifteen. Yeah. You know, like so when I say I'm busy, I mean it like I went into that movie today because I decided I was taking Logan to see it. I came out. I had 18 text messages. Yeah. So stressful. That's a stressful part of running your own business. And I didn't wear a watch, my Apple watch, because I didn't want to get text messages. That's good. So you can at least enjoy the movie. So I can enjoy it and I can see what's going You know, I can mind my business. So because something had something wasn't working while I was in my thing and it was it's a Sunday and it's so, yeah, whatever. I but it also is very rewarding and I love what I do. So whatever. But yeah, when I say I'm busy, I'm fucking I'm fucking busy. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not one of those half-assed like oh, I'm busy. I have to go to the bank and then sit on the couch <laughs> and I work four hours a day. Like no, I'm fucking busy. All right, so this is about the Fugit family. Have you ever heard of them? Tempest Fugit. That's all I know. Oh, is that a person? No, I think it's a Latin that... phrase that means oh. something. I don't even know what it means. All right, well, let's... Tempest Fugit. All right, we're done with that then. Um, so they are from Kentucky. And for nearly 200 years, the Fugit family of Kentucky have been largely sealed off from the outside world. So when Benjamin Stacy was born in 1975, nurses and doctors were confused because rather than coming out the bright shade of crimson that most babies are born, you know, are like red and gross and disgusting. Benji was born with dark blue skin. Hmm. So doctors were worried by his alien skin color and called an ambulance to take him 160 miles from his hometown outside of Hazard, Kentucky, to the University of Kentucky Medical Center. So he was breathing then. He was was fine. Yeah. A healthy ass baby. Just blue. Very blue skin. Just blue. Hmm. After two days of testing, the doctors are now closer to understanding why Benji's skin was blue. That's when Benji's brother, or nope, not his brother, his grandmother spoke up and said, have you ever heard of the blue fugits from Troublesome Creek? (laughs) At that point, Benji's father, Alva Stacy, said, my grandmother Luna on my dad's side was a blue fugit. It's real bad in her. What the hell? Benji Stacy was the latest child born in the long line of the Fugits. I just blew myself. <laughs> I just blew myself. <laughs> I could just think of Tobias Fugate. If I had had a kid come out blue, I'd have been like, his name's Tobias. <laughs> so the Blue Fugits of Kentucky, who lived in the Appalachian Mountains of Kentucky for the past 197 years, are actually blue. Like even as adults, like they stay yeah, blue. Yeah, they're blue. So the first How blue. How blue is he? <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's a match game. Yeah. Like the blue fugits are so blue. <laughs> right. So yeah, like so, Smurf blue. Uh yeah, cobalt blue. Cobalt. That's kind of like a dark blue. Yeah, it's like a. It's like a like a this blue. A dark like blue. A, wow. 
Yeah. So mm. I have a picture that I think I either screenshotted or I saved That's it to my computer. That's funny because when I worked at Taco Bell, and I know I've told you this before, but it's still kind of funny. And most of my coworkers were black. And um, my one coworker, Jeffrey, would talk, who was black. <laughs> I just want to state that so he's allowed to say this. <laughs> but he would talk about other black people and he would say, he's so black, he's navy blue. No, like, no, no. These are these are white people. Who I understand. Have a recessive but that's what it gene. made me think. It reminded me of Jeffrey saying that, though. So the first Fugit in the United States was a French orphan named Martin Fugit, who settled in Troublesome Creek in the hills of eastern Kentucky in 1820. He married a name a woman named Elizabeth Smith, who was pale and white. She was said to be as pale as when white as mountain laurel that blooms every spring around the creek. Shut up, shut up. You're annoying me. It, just stop it's fucking appellation <laughs> i hate it it reminds me of certain people <laughs> yeah you know i'm prejudiced against certain people who speak that way you just hate the kentuckians oh i hate no i hate southern like stupid southern accents so unbeknownst to either of them by some incalculable odds they both possessed a recessive gene that led to four of their seven children being born with blue skin holy crap that also you know what that also reminds me of what is uh, so when the, when Marvel launched the Ultimate Universe, their Ultimate line of comics, Ultimate yeah, Spider-Man, yeah. the Ultimates. Okay. They launched Ultimate Iron Man, and because of Tony Stark's dad's experiments or whatever, Tony Stark came out blue in that series. He had like a hard right. his skin was like hard and blue. Yeah, that's that's not what this is. That's a rem this reminded me of. This isn't do that comic <laughs> Ultimate books. Ultimate Iron Man. This is a comic books. This is real, <laughs> real life. life. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm guessing so, their skin didn't harden and protect them. The way Tony starts starts so anyway, So the thing is, they were so rural that there were no roads and a railroad didn't even reach the section until the 1910s. That is living off the land, folks. Yeah. So as a result, the Fugits began to marry and have children with them within their own. William Towie. <laughs> of course <laughs> they did. Within their own bloodline. That's what you do, especially when you already have blue people. Or wait, so, this was after they had blue people? There were blue people. But then because they couldn't, they couldn't like get to anybody else. They just right. married within themselves. Of course, like you do, like the Bible teaches. Right. So because of that, they just made a whole bunch more blue people because the genes became so strong. Yeah. So. Holy shit. There you go. It was hard to get out. This is a quote. It was hard to get out, so they intermarried, says Dennis Stacy, an amateur geneal gene genealogist and descendant of the Fugits. I'm kin to myself, he says. <laughs> this is very Kenneth from yeah. Stone Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> from Stone Mountain, Georgia. <clears throat> so Benji from the... <clears throat> excuse me. Born from earlier in the story. He's a descendant from the line of this family that began with Martin's son, Zachariah, when he married his... Yeah, if you got people named Zachariah in your no, family... No, 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 wait. <laughs> so when, when Martin's son, Zachariah, married his mother's sister, you know, his aunt. <laughs> so Zachariah marries his aunt, and Benji's descended from that. Mm. So this kind of... Southern people are very proud people. I just want to point that out. They are very proud of their heritage. And I'm guessing a lot of their heritage is just fucking inbreeding. A lot of their heritage comes from just like one person. Yeah. <laughs> it can all be traced back to one guy. <laughs> right. Who just like fucked his and sister. His name, his name was Cletus. So this kind of genetic isolation allowed for them to continue to pass on the blue skin gene. So over the next hundred or so years. Were they three apples high? They lived. No, but isn't that like really big? Like I thought Smurfs were so small. Yeah, you I thought th they were well, like because of the figures. Yeah, Remember so the I thought they were maybe one apple high. You thought those were scale. Yeah, but no, man, they're well, like fucking big. They're like the like Smurfs were like three. They could bite your ankles. Yeah, yeah, they're like a chihuahua Smurf get a hold size. Of you. They'll, they'll fuck you up for they're a minute. They're chihuahua size. Yeah, like if a Smurf comes at you. That's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, like the one with the tattoo on his arm. Don't fuck with him, man. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't remember what his name was. Like, I don't either. Like fucking Brawny. Like handsome like, Brawny. I think that is his name. Is that his name? Sure. That's paper towel. Brawny Smurf. That's paper Why not? Towel. I don't know. Anyway, so over the next hundred years, they lived in isolation, and were accepted by the people of Troublesome Creek. Troublesome Creek. Hazard. Troublesome Creek. Yeah. In Bread County. Right. They look like just about anybody else, except they had blue skin, <laughs> said one resident. They ain't wear no shirts, and they just wore the white pants. Well, here's what gets me, is that 
Southerners don't like black people, but if you're white and you have blue skin, that's okay. Yeah. Okay, got it. However, in the 1960s, some members of the Fugate clan began to resent their cobalt-tinted skin because not only did it mark them as different, but people began to figure out that it had to do with the family's history of inbreeding. You think? So it was hard to, you know. Yeah. So they began to search for a cure. Um, let's see. This did is, they ever figure out what caused it initially? Just some random gene. That's yeah, it's these genes. So... Research collected from the studies isolated in Eskimo populations said that the Fugits carried a rare hereditary blood disorder that caused excessive levels of methemoglobin in their blood. And this is a non-functional blue version of healthy red hemoglobin. Mm. So it's... In most Caucasians, the red hemoglobin in the blood shows through your skin, giving it a pink tint. But in their case, they had the blue meth, like met hemoglobin. So it was like methoglobin. Yeah. And it turned their skin blue. So they have like. Were there any other side effects? No. This blood disorder is a result of a recessive gene and it requires that both parents. Yeah, we know how recessive genes work. So I'm not going to read that section. But um, the cure for disorder was more blue counterintuitively the best chemical for activating the blood's process of turning it of turning the meth methemoglobin into hemoglobin was blue dye so within minutes of treating the blue people with blue dye their skin discoloration disappeared and their skin turned pink like permanently yeah they well they had to continually ingest pills of blue dye and they could live their lives normally but continue to have sex with their relatives without people knowing though yeah so in benji's case for example within a couple months of his birth it started to change into the average color and by age of seven he had lost all blue all blue coloring meaning that he only got that gene from one parent Hmm. so it probably came from his father's grandma luna because she was blue all over her lips were as dark as a bruise, and she was the bluest woman I ever saw. And I think Luna is the picture I have because she died rec- not recently, but in the past like ten years. Oh wow! So there was a picture of her when Color she was like picture. ninety. Yeah. yeah. And she, that bitch was blue. She was, and she had like white hair. <laughs> bitch was blue. And she, had, and she had white hair, so she full on looked like a Smurf because it looked like a right. hat. You know, and it was like yeah. up in a beehive. Yeah. And she was, she don't be blue. And like, <laughs> she she was blue. She was a blue lady. So today, most of Benji and most of the Fugits have lost their blue coloring. The tint comes out in their skin when they are cold or flushed with anger. And in those moments, <laughs> like, blue with anger. It's blue with anger. It comes from a legacy of hardship, isolation, and perseverance. Perseverance, perseverance to fuck your aunt. Like <laughs> right. I'm gonna I'm gonna persevere hard. In this, <laughs> but yeah, that's my. But like, yeah, this is why you don't go on Reddit, because those are the kind of this things. That's why you don't go on Reddit. <laughs> this is what happened. I started, it all started with this article about this chick's blood was drawn and it, it was blue. And it was like, oh, well, this is why it's because of this gene. And then I led me down this rabbit hole. And it's like, oh, this is this is some good readings. <laughs> I don't know what happened. But yeah, the Fugit family. Fuck your aunt. Make blue people. Yeah. So don't fuck your aunt. That's right. Good advice. Thank you, Maggie. Full of good advice. All right. So I have something completely different than I normally do in that I'm kind of doing two things. One of them, I'm just going to read this article because it's information I was not aware of that's been out there since 1996. And I found out about it this week. And I think it's hilarious. Or maybe 97. I don't know. I don't know when the article was run. Um, no, but the other thing, and I'm going to do this first because other people, uh, a lot of people are going to be like, I don't care about this, but it's interesting to me. I'm going to talk about a particular failed video game system from the early nineties that, that most people have forgotten that I actually owned at one point. It was called the three DO. I remember the three DO. What do you know about the three DO? I remember commercials. Okay. Is there a triangle or a circle? Is it red? Their their logo right there. Red? Yeah. There's a square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, red square, blue square. I remember that. And a yellow ball. That's what I remember. 
Uh, yes. So this was conceived by a guy named Trip Hawkins. Wait, is this the article? No. I thought you were doing the article. No, I'm going to do that afterwards. That's more entertaining. Hmm. And I think it'll be a nice little aperitif or whatever you want to call it. Did you like my article? I did. That was crazy. And, but very interesting, and nobody died. Well, I mean... Well, I'm sure... You know what I mean. Nobody was Fugits brutally are, murdered for no Fugits reason. Fugits are all fucking dead. Yeah. Incest. All right, so this 3DO was released in, uh, in the United States in October of 1993. So this was around the time of the 16-bit consoles were king at this point. So you had the Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo uh, were, were the, the big consoles at the time. And I'm not going to... I am going to mention one other console that was also very expensive. Uh, it was called the Neo Geo that came out before the 3DO. I've never heard of that. That's but, one. But we won't get into that. That was um, that was also a very expensive system. That was also the made games up. were two hundred dollars a piece. Okay. Yeah, they were in these giant cartridges. All right, everybody. I never down. knew anybody that had a Neo Geo. <laughs> um, and that's why it's so funny that I can download Neo Geo games for like four dollars now because they were literally. <laughs> $200 at the time. So it was like the, the system itself was prohibitively expensive. And then the games were $200 a piece. Like that was like the market. That wasn't like a markup. That was what they were because oh, it's crazy. Anyway, so the 3DO system, it was called the actual name was the 3DO Interactive Multiplayer, which is funny because the term multiplayer didn't really exist back then. It meant the reason it was called the multiplayer is because it was a CD-ROM based system. So it could also play your CDs. And also, uh, if you had uh, digital video discs, it could play those as well. So, yeah, not not DVDs. I'm sorry. That's that that sounded like DVDs. But a video disc was like a different thing. This is a precursor to DVDs. Um, but may, mostly it played uh, CD-ROMs as well as uh, games. And the games were on CD-ROM. So it's like the first dedicated CD-ROM system. So what was different about this is... This guy, Trip Hawkins, who was he was actually the founder of Electronic Arts initially. Oh, OK. Yeah. So everybody knows EA, EA Sports and the game, all that stuff. So that's who Trip Hawkins is. Um, hang on a second. Hang on. I got to I got to find out what's going on. Hang on, guys. All right. Sorry, guys. I got distracted. Logan was asleep and then suddenly he was awake and he came walking through like a zombie. And I was very, very distracted. He really needed water, apparently. It was very and thirsty. <laughs> he was just like, fuck you guys out here recording. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, uh, Trip Hawkins, founder of Electronic Arts, broke off on his own. So what he did, he came up with these specifications for a system. But the difference was, is, is he didn't create a company to manufacture the system. What they did was license the specifications to different companies. So the first company to make one was Panasonic. Uh, it was also licensed to Gold Star and Sanyo. Do you I remember Gold Star? I was going to say, I don't know what that means. Gold Star was a brand that was in Kmart. So it was like a Kmart brand TV, right? Now, this is something I just found out when I was doing this research. Gold Star got purchased by a chemical company, and they are now known as LG. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who knew? I didn't know that. But Gold Star was like a really shit brand, right? They made that was gold star was like bottom of the barrel it was like so, best buy brands so like was lg like coming on up or oh like, yeah they made a big come up apparently because lg makes good they tvs make now. like and they make, they make like other appliances fridges and yeah. like washers and dryers <clears throat> so anyway so uh, panasonic was the first company so basically they had these specifications and then they would pay a licensing fee to uh, the 3do company uh, as it was called um and to to make these consoles so to make their money back they had to sell the consoles at a premium price. What a lot of people don't know about people who make consoles like Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, Sega, typically what they would do, Sega. and they still do a lot of times, is they, they sell their consoles at a loss and make right. the money up with licensing and software sales, no, licensing to other publishers. I think that people who play games or are in the game world know that. Probably. That's probably. But some casual gamers have no idea that, like, when you... When a system initially comes out, eventually over time, as the technology becomes cheaper and cheaper, they are selling their Xbox Ones or whatever at, at a profit. But in it, when a new system comes out, they're taking a, usually a small loss on every system sold, but they make money by licensing. You know, all, all the, the software makers want to get their games on there, so they have to pay a licensing fee. So as far as licensing fees go, what was really attractive to game developers about this is they literally paid a $3 royalty per game. 
So that was way lower than the royalties they had to pay to Nintendo or Sega at the time. I don't know what they were, but they were much, much higher to publish games on their system. Three dollars. Games cost two hundred. This no, that was Neo Geo. That was oh, a different okay. system. These okay. were on CD-ROMs. Part of the reason they were so expensive is because they were those Neo Geo games were on these giant cartridges, and you had to pay for all that silicon the in plastic. there. Whereas okay. CD-ROMs have always been relatively inexpensive. If you remember the nineties. Uh, all of they your mail, in the mail all of your mail might long. have consisted of cd-roms they were obviously very very inexpensive and everybody was breaking them and you were always lighting them up on fire to see the different colors that happen when they <laughs> right you it was like oh i cracked the cd and have fun with it so the 3do was actually the first 32-bit console a lot of people think it was the sega saturn or the, or the sony playstation or a lot of people don't think about it at all that's true as well but i'm talking about gamers Okay. So the 3DO was the first 32-bit console, and uh, I really wanted one. However, prohibitively expensive. For... Oh, I thought you were going to be like, however, I grew up in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was at a point where I had a, I had a game system, I had a TV. Um, so this came out, like I said, in, in 93, late 93. I had a Super Nintendo at the time. I was 12. And... Uh, I wanted one just because it looked great, but they didn't really have the software. It literally launched with one game called Crash and Burn. Like, that's how bad they were with the software. Wait, is he, is he chewing on your microphone? Jesus Christ, Sam. his own paw. Oh, okay. Anyway. on his nails. But I wanted one. But it cost $700. So just to let you know how much that is in 2019 money, that would be if a console launched at $1,242. <laughs> that's how expensive $700 was. Okay, so just so we can wrap our heads around that. If it, even if it costs launched at $700, that's launching at more than my phone that comes in the mail tomorrow. <laughs> right. It was, yeah. It's insanely expensive for a console. So $700 was crazy. So, but the, the price dropped within like a year or two down to $400. And that's when I got one, which is still crazy money back then. But I was, uh, you know, I was working three jobs or whatever. I always thought like, to me, it was crazy that people were paying more than $200 for a console. Yeah. Like I always thought it was insane. You're right. And this like, system was not worth it. So my fondest like, oh, memories pain. of this system were playing a game called Road Rash, which was out on other systems, but it looked great. And it had CD quality sound soundtrack and it had actual song so it had Soundgarden's uh rusty cage well see here's the thing yeah didn't you have like an ability to listen to a cd hush yes <laughs> so couldn't you just do that while you played game hush yes but this then you could hear the sounds of the game and the music because what i would do with my super nintendo when i'd put music but on it was an either just, or situation you couldn't you didn't have like a boom box no, I had a full-blown stereo with that. I had a receiver. I had yeah, surround but couldn't sound. Yeah, couldn't you just put a boombox on? I would never subject myself to a boombox at that point. I was paying for Dolby Pro Logic surround sound, young lady. How? I, why on earth would I go back to stereo at that point? Because the other option is not have that music Well, on. then I would just listen to music because it was, it was super NES sounds. I was missing out on Metroid sounds. Jeez. It wasn't any big deal. But how, when this system came out, I was like, holy crap, they're playing Rusty Cage. And you could go into the playlist for the game and pick your, so I would just kind of put that on repeat because it was one of the only good songs. There might have been another one. That's the only one I really remember playing. Yeah, it's worth $400. I could see, I could see the investment. <laughs> it, it was not worth $400. And yeah, I, I, I regretted that. I was like, wow, this was a, but it was, it was just one of those stupid things. Like when people want a new iPhone just because it's new. You know, or like when or just because everyone in their house is getting new iPhones and you, <laughs> for whatever the reason, and you just can't handle the fact or that when one other person gets one and somebody's like, I got to get one, even though my phone's only a year old, Maggie, my phone is 14 months old. Oh, one. well, shit. Retire that motherfucker. And then I read that article on Forbes and it said I needed it, too. <laughs> is that what it said? That's what Forbes I was said. rocking a 6S. I finally got a new phone and I didn't get the new 11. I got a 10R, which I call the XR because it just sounds better. Because it was cheaper and because that's my threshold for prices on phones. I can't go above that. But I, I didn't I don't need to have the latest one, but I was so happy with my success. It was well, there's the perfect no, size. There's no such the, thing as a nine, number one. Yeah. So I have the eight plus and it's a great phone. It was the top of the line phone for a minute. It was like the pinnacle of everything Apple could and do. And that's important to you. For camera, it is. <laughs> and like now, the, obviously, the Pro Max is the, the camera, the 11 Pro Max. And 
Obviously, we're Apple people, so don't come at me telling me how Samsung's been doing this for years and and Android's been doing it for years because I fucking know we were we <laughs> were Android. Android. I like. And I'm not a. I'm I have not... to tell you, I haven't had a camera yet that can rival my HTC One M8. Why are you so angry? You're not talking. You're just talking to a microphone right now. Because I, I'm well aware, and I hope that this camera rivals my HTC One M8. Because that was your best camera. Yes, and when better I, than the one you have. Yes, and when I went up to my really? M9. Yeah, I tried to upgrade to an M9. It was shittier than my M8, and I not, I got so angry. It was like, well, you, oh, I switched I, to Apple. That's what and it that's was. What, right. And then after that, you switched to Apple, and I was like, fine, because when I switched from an M8 to an M9, why did I switch to Apple? I don't even remember. Because you wanted the ecosystem, you wanted all the games, and you wanted all the. Oh, apps. that's when they had a lot of exclusive stuff. So anyway, my point is, my iPhone 11 will be here tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> mail is my. Mike's still plugged in. Jesus H. Yeah, you're good. But it'll um, it'll be here tomorrow. So yeah, so, so the 3DO totally regretted that decision. So what did I do? I followed it up with another brilliant decision and got an Atari Jaguar. I'm not going to go into that, <laughs> but yeah, I was big into games. So I owned a 3DO and an Atari Jaguar, not simultaneously. Uh, both not good systems. You also liked um. HD DVDs. So you are not the There's person. Wrong. No, no, no. You are not no, no, the no, no, person no, no. to watch. Hey now, hey now. I did not like HD DVDs. I had a Blu-ray player and an HD DVD player at the same time because I had a PS3 and the and the HD did DVD add-on. HD DVD add-on for the Xbox 360 was like 150 bucks or something. So it was like it was like a why not decision. So I, I just had both, and I knew one of them was going to win, and it, it, it was Blu-ray, and that that was fine. I. I, I don't have any regrets about that at all. Uh, that that HD DVD player is still out. Yeah, I still I'm, have HD I'm DVDs and I haven't bought the Blu-rays of. They're perfectly good. They are the exact same resolution as Blu-rays. They're not useless. <laughs> They're still playable. Why would I rebuy those? Get off our lawns, kid. <laughs> Get off our lawn. No regrets there because that was not a choice where I was like, man, I think I'm, I'm a hardcore HD DVD guy. It's like, no, I'll just have both. Kind of like how I have an Xbox and a PlayStation. And... And at the time, some only some movies came out on one format or the other. So like for a long time, you could only get like Paramount movies would only come out in HD DVD. My first like, ever sure. um, like video cassette that I ever had yeah. was on Betamax. No, yeah. there's nothing wrong. It was a superior technology. It was. I was you know why Beta lost, though, right? Porn. Porn. It was on. Uh, it was on. It was Alice in Wonderland. Anyway, go on. All right. So. That's right. I just kind of want to reminisce about the 3DO, and I'm going to get into this other fun story. This is basically an article that was published in Vanity Fair. Uh, it was written by Katie Rich. It was published December 19, 2017. However, her references, the things she cites, go back as far as like 1996. Um, so this is actually some behind-the-scenes stuff about a movie called Titanic. You may have okay. heard of this movie. It was kind of popular. Yeah. It was kind of a big hit. Yeah, not with me. So. I saw it. It was dumb. All right. So it was the night of August 8th, 1996, and the cast and crew of Titanic, including James Cameron, producer John Landau, cinematographer Caleb Deschanel, and stars Bill Paxton and Susie Amiss. I'm not sure how to say her name. I didn't even know Bill Paxton was in it. That's uh, how much I. He was I... in the, the, the modern day parts. That's how much he was I, the one who was like interviewing the old lady. That's how much I don't remember that movie. Oh, well, I remember because James Cameron puts Bill Paxton in like all his movies. Is that is, is Susie the old lady? Susie, a miss. No, I don't know who she because she was a redheaded chick that I remember acting back then. I'm guessing she was in the modern times as well. I really don't remember. Maybe that she movie. was like the, the uh, camera operator or something. It's been like 30 years. I only saw it like one years. time. Um, all right. So they were ready to wrap up the scene set in the present day. So, yeah, Susie and Miss was set in present day and move on to Mexico, where a massive reproduction of the doomed ship was waiting on an outdoor soundstage in Baja. Filming at night in Shearwater, just across Halifax Bay, the crew bro broke for lunch around midnight. Local catering company Oof. had provided, among other options, chowda. Chowda. Wait, and where? Uh, this was in uh, Baja, Mexico. With me. Halifax Bay, Don't filming at night in Shearwater, just across from Halifax Bay, wherever that is. Doesn't matter. Halifax so, is not Mexico. That oh, is okay. up north. So they were moving to Mexico. Okay. There, that's that's where I'm getting confused. So chowder is fine for up north. Anyway, go on. 
precise nature of this chowder has been lost to time. Cameron says it was muscle chowder. Paxton said in 2015 it was clam. The Halifax police report at the time determined it was lobster. Whatever the chowder was, Susie Amiss was one of the few who wasn't interested. Cameron, now married to Susie Amiss, notes she's always been high on my list of suspects as a result. Put oh. your phone down right now. <laughs> I'm reading this article. Go ahead. What are you looking up? Where what, ha Halifax is. Uh, that is so irrelevant. It's in Nova Scotia. Okay, okay I was, fine. That's what I was making sure. I don't, I, I don't do geography. It's in fucking Canada. That's fantastic. Now, no one cares. That well, is going irrelevant. Down Mexico. Yes, it is, because was, chowder is, uh, is oh a my, very... Oh, you can't make chowder anywhere else? We never had chowder in Ohio? Would you ever want chowder when it's warm out? No, you don't eat chowder in Mexico. That's disgusting. I, I would. You're insane. <laughs> you don't eat chowder when it's warm. If I'm in an air-conditioned environment, it doesn't make a difference. It makes a huge difference. No. If I'm wearing, like, shorts and a goddamn Hawaiian <laughs> shirt and you feed me some clam chowder, we're going to have problems. Like, I'm calling that, the that's police. That's not true. We have had I am chowder calling. at Auntie Kit's house from that place, that Joe's place in Lakewood. That was not chowder. What was it? That is Hungarian... Some kind of Hungarian stew. No, this was... What am I thinking of, though? But the point, it was hot soup, basically, which is yeah, the same damn soup. thing. Same no, thing. No, it's not. It was. If you hand me a same chowder thing. and it's warm out, <laughs> I'm calling the cops. You stay right where you're at, because you need well, to Well, they did. Somebody did call the cops, so... All right, so tell me the rest of the story. Anyway. All right. For the more than 60 people who did eat the chowder, it didn't take long for the effects of the chowder to take hold. Cameron, who initially thought the shellfish might have contained paralytic shellfish neurotoxin, which is very dangerous, immediately stepped away from the set to vomit. Uh, he said, I get back to the set and nobody's there. I'm standing at the monitors near the camera and the room is empty. It was like the Twilight Zone. Some people were laughing. Some people were crying. Some people were throwing up, Bill Paxton told Entertainment Weekly back in 1996. What does that mean? One minute I felt okay. The next minute I felt so goddamn anxious. I wanted to breathe in a paper bag. Cameron was feeling the same way. Uh, Cameron remembers a Russian Canadian PA yeah, who was working Canadian. as a translator on as a translator on set. Translator. We got it. Translator. <laughs> we. I'm trying to talk over you. No one cares about the fucking geography of the story. It Do you matters. care about what happens? It matters because it's irrelevant to what's happening. It matters where you. Have Jesus Christ! At. All right. Chowder's distinctly northern. I'm going to stab you. I'm just saying. That's how this podcast is going to end. It's going to be a lot of gross thump sounds. It's going to be a gushing. That's a twist, you see, because you would expect me to be the murderer, <laughs> right. not the victim. Uh, so he was working as a translator on set, summing it up succinctly, saying, I feel toxic and beside myself. <laughs> I feel toxic. So the chaotic scene at the Dartmouth General Hospital makes for one of history's <laughs> best uh, stories, even if the affected crew members didn't know it at the time. Uh, uh, set painter Marilyn um, McAvoy told Vice, uh, eventually we all got put in these cubicles with the curtains around us, but no one wanted to stay in their cubicles. Everyone was, everyone was out in the aisles and jumping into other people's cubicles. People had a lot of energy. Some were in wheelchairs, flying down the hallways. It was crazy. Uh, Cameron, who says he was stabbed in the face with a pen by a crew member, uh, was quoted as saying, I'm sitting there bleeding and laughing, uh, watched helplessly as his crew fell apart. People were moaning and crying, wailing, collapsed on tables and gurney. <laughs> uh, the, the DP, Caleb uh, Deschanel, is leading a number of crew down the hall in a highly vocal conga line. You can't make this stuff up. Wait, I don't understand what happened. We're getting to that. So was it spiked? So, still operating on the assumption that the crew had a very, very weird case of food poisoning, hospital staff asked them to ingest liquid charcoal, uh, or what Cameron calls a box of this vile crap. Uh, the police were later called in the afternoon, and a toxicology report revealed that PCP was to blame. There you go. <laughs> I never heard this story. It's been circulating since 96. How have I never heard that? Have you heard this story? No. no clearly not. You're hung up on Halifax. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so who laced the clam chowder? Officially, it is unknown. The Halifax Police Department investigated the matter for two and a half years, executing a warrant for Department of Health Records and getting a list of every person who had worked on the set. The case was closed due to a lack of suspects on February 12, 1999, when the crew of Titanic had long since moved on. Um, theories, however, remain. Uh, 
the the catering company CEO Earl Scott insisted that it was the Hollywood crowd bringing in the psychedelic shit. I don't think it was purposefully done to hurt anybody. It was done like a party thing that got carried away. So Cameron never named a suspect. He is pretty certain he knows who did it. It's quoted as saying, we had fired a crew member the day before because they were creating trouble with the caterers. So we believe the poisoning was this idiot's plan to get back at the caterers, whom, of course, we promptly fired the next day. So it worked. Uh, but yeah, so somebody stabbed James Cameron in the face with a pen and he was laughing about it. Like, how the fuck? This is gold. It's gold, Jerry. It's gold, it's gold Jerry. Like, what so, a crazy story. Uh, here's the other thing. Like, who gives away free PCP? He laced it. He just probably, I don't know. I've never, I've never done PCP. Yeah, me neither. I me think neither. you smoke it normally, but yeah, if you can. But if you just have like just a tiny bit, it makes you a little bit crazy. I, I no clue. It's also it known you, as angel dust. It makes me seen... think of that, ep, that episode of uh, Always Sunny when the brothers are getting, the one brother's getting married to Dennis's ex. Oh, the wedding. Yeah. And yeah. It's, and it's, uh, they're, they all do bath salts. Right. Like that. The Ponderosa. Yeah, I think bath salts are definitely bath salts. in that family. Yeah, he laces the punch with bath salts and everybody's all but crazy. But PCP in movies or Angel Dust, whatever, has always been portrayed as, you know, people doing like superhuman feats of strength. Police can't take them down. That kind of thing because of what it does to you. So, yeah, so he laced their, their chowda with uh, PCP. That's and what it is, man. It's because you're in the cold weather. You got that. You got that chowder strength. <laughs> chowder strength. Yeah, chowder yeah, they strength. thought it was shellfish neurotoxin poisoning. And but meanwhile, like, could you imagine that emergency room like waiting area? You got conga lines, people racing each other in wheelchairs, and they're all like, "I'm dying!" Ha 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 ha! ha. <laughs> this is terrible. I don't know <laughs> like, why. This is funny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what is happening? <laughs> James Cameron has a pen sticking out of his face <laughs> as he laughs. Like, what is happening? That is like, how is there not? How's that part uh, not a part of drunk history? How have they not recreated that story? I don't know, but when I see it as you're telling it, I see it as like fear and loathing style. Yes, like that's how the I see it being all, shot. Like, uh, yeah, it's all wonky. Yeah, like, and it's like you can't park here. Like that's <laughs> yeah. it's just not a reasonable place to park. This <laughs> is not just not a reasonable place to park. Oh man, like is that a crazy you story. You have though? my pen. As it backs <laughs> up over. <laughs> you're not portuguese <laughs> like that's how that's how i see that whole scene shot is that whole thing yeah like i, I lizard people walk. melting into the floor yeah him trying to walk on that carpet wide angle cameras and it's like that'd be that'd be great we should watch fear and loathing you want to do that right now or <laughs> like when do you want to do that we used to watch that every night we you remember that, that when we first every looked up? night we'd watch that or fight club those yeah. were our two movies that we would just watch every Man, night we have such good taste <laughs> I introduced you to both those movies. Yeah. 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 Because you love both. But don't of them. remember or don't forget that. Don't remember. Don't remember, <laughs> don't remember guys. <laughs> forget. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Fuck. Don't forget. Don't Sony forget. sucks. Don't forget. Sony sucks. But don't forget that part of the reason that you liked me was because of Office Space. Office Space played a big role in our relationship. Because back before it was a cult classic. Yeah. Well, I didn't, that's not true. It was becoming it a cult was, classic. It was becoming a cult classic, but it was before it was, it was one of those popular. things that like we that I remember Steve and Rob and I watching when we lived together in Memphis as soon as it came out on video. And it was I hadn't like, even had an office job yet. And I liked it. <laughs> like I, I had not work, but my mom worked in an office. So like I knew the environment and I knew how true it was. Never had an office job, but you could still relate to the ridiculous character. Like all those characters are real in any working environment pretty much. Yeah. But like my mom worked in an office and like, I used to have to go with her there so it was like the second I saw it on screen, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I know this is I know this to be true as a teenager. Yeah, I know this to be true. Anybody who's worked a job period has had managers like that and multiple managers and harping on stupid well, stuff. And like I worked at Damon's and we had to have we had suspenders and shit like. Oh, yeah. The flare to deal with the flare. Yeah, Fuck everybody. Everybody could relate to that on some level. They held a job, basically. <sighs> Terrible. Yeah, all the different coworker personalities and everything. Okay, you two, get a room. <laughs> that guy and you got guy. a case of the Mondays. <laughs> uh anyway. Anyway. That's enough for references. It's enough <laughs> for random fucking about references. The beginning of our relationship. It's couple goals. We're talking about the beginning of a relationship. I think it's allowed, even if it's a tongue in cheek uh, title or 
Yeah, that's it was supposed. To, that's like a joke title. Yeah, but whatever, it's fine. All right. Uh, yeah. What else is going on? Nothing. We got to wrap it up, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's been almost an hour. But yeah, so yeah, those are the two things. I had, I was thinking about the 3DO today for some reason. I I don't remember why. I think it was kind of a a thing. Here's one thing I remember. So I was real big in a Street Fighter at the time. Street Fighter was was the biggest game at the time. So they were trying to, it was already out on Super Nintendo. Eventually they ported it to Genesis and they were going to bring this arcade accurate version to the 3DO. I think that was the main reason I wanted the 3DO. However, it was, it, first of all, it was Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, which had not released for consoles. Only Super Street Fighter 2 was available on the Super Nintendo and the Genesis at the time. So to get Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo was like, wow. Here's the thing. The 3DO had a three button controller and Street Fighter is a famously six button game. So you know how they overcame this hurdle? Oh, I don't want to know. You had three punches and three kicks in Street Fighter. So what you had to do to switch from punches to kicks was hit the start button and it would change your buttons. Yeah, it did not flow well. <laughs> like, so basically I would just play with just all punches or all kicks until at some point, because it made it almost impossible to do any combos because you couldn't quickly switch from right. punch to kick. You were just doing all punches real fast. And then when, you know, maybe when you got knocked down or you knock somebody else down, then maybe you'd switch to kicks. Then you get up again. Yeah. They're never going to keep you down. <laughs> so, but yeah. So it, was, it looked great. Sounded great. Controlled terribly, which is way more important, guys. <laughs> way more. Super, Super Nintendo, six button controller. Even though there were shoulder buttons, they still worked way better than the 3DO uh, three button controller. Yeah. So I, uh, when I was watching it too today. Yeah. Like the scene where Mike Hanlon calls everybody to come back to Derry and everyone's just like, yeah, come back to Derry. Don't remember why. And they show Bill Hader, right? Yeah. And he's like, way the fuck taller than everyone else. And I was like, Bill Hader must be tall. He's not. He's like six feet tall, isn't he? Six foot one. Yeah. So apparently they just cast people who are like five, five to hang out around him. I learned that years ago like when I found out Tom Cruise was short because he never looks short. Yeah. You know, but yeah. people in Hollywood, I guess male actors are. And male it used actors to be typically aren't tall, I guess. Like five, eight or so. Yeah. I guess it was like an old school thing for a long time just for framing purposes. Yeah. So that the the men weren't towering over the, the female leads. Right. That's, they would cast shorter guys on purpose. Yeah, I was just like, it's so, he's so fucking, he's so fucking huge in that movie. No. So it's like, so Six one. how tall is Jay Ryan? Who Did I tell you about the, uh, the, the fat guy? He's six one two. The, huh? how they had a cameo of. Oh yeah. Did I tell you that? Yeah. Let's tell the audience though. In case you don't know this, if you've seen it, chapter two. So in the mini series, what's the fat kid's name? Ben. Ben. Uh, that kid, the, the actor who played the, the kid version in the miniseries plays like a fake adult version of Ben that you see that it's kind of like a fake. It's out like kind of implied that it's Ben. And right. Because he's, like, he's fat. And, yeah. And then they pan out and you realize who the real Ben is. Yeah. And um, but they and, use that same actor, though. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. And you can tell it's him. Like as soon as you realize it's him, it's clearly him. And then. The guy next to me who wasn't like I had two people next to me. One was Logan. One was not Logan. Yeah. And the guy who wasn't Logan clearly had read that. Oh, OK. Because he leaned over and told his friend who he was with. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I'm looking at the heights of everybody. We don't know how accurate these are, but yeah, this is according to Google. Yeah. So the guy who plays Ben, adult Ben, is six one. The guy who plays Eddie, he says he's five eight in the thing. Or yeah. he says he's five nine. And he says it's five nine here. The guy who plays Mike Hanlon is six four. Bill Skarsgård is six four. Wow. It's like everybody's fucking huge. Jessica Chastain, who plays Bev, is five four. And it's funny because she's wearing tall shoes the whole time, she's right? She's wearing wedges. She's yeah. wearing tennis shoes, but they're tennis shoe wedges. Right. And I noticed that when they pull I mean, I noticed it obviously the first time I watched it, but this time I was able to watch more details. And when she goes to her closet, just like in the miniseries, she's going to her giant ass closet to pack her bag or whatever. And she pulls tennis shoe wedges. And I'm like, oh, she's trying to make, you know, they're trying to make her look taller. Like I said, it's, it's just kind of a framing is, thing. How tall is that other guy? Uh, the guy with the fucking thick, the thickest thighs I've ever seen. Um, thickest eyes? Thighs. McAvoy. Uh, J James McAvoy? He has, he has thick thighs? Yeah, he has thick ass thighs. 
<laughs> you notice that in this movie? Yeah, because he's always riding that uh, height. <laughs> he's only five seven. Uh, um, he he's always riding that bike, high ho yeah. silver. Yeah. And it looks like he's gonna bust right off his jeans riding that fucking bike. It's like, <laughs> don't put this dude in such tight fitting jeans, and then put him on a bike pedaling all over goddamn town. Well, that's probably because he got ripped for that split movie. Right. And then they then he probably filmed this shortly after. Yeah. And then they were like, okay, well, now you have to ride a bike all over town. And he's like, maybe get me some looser jeans, motherfucker, <laughs> because my thighs are just going to be like, it was, it was something else. Yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that last time, too, but I didn't, like, think anything of it because yeah. I was just like, eh. I'm really glad I introduced you to Stephen King and it, though. You know, that's why are you staring at me like that? <laughs> this is radio. <laughs> She's giving me a death stare, guys. I'm not sure why. You're a dumb cunt. <laughs> I tease her with that all the time. She gets so upset that I pretend like... I am wearing a Pennywise shirt right now. I wore it to see the movie. Classic Pennywise. Yeah, classic Tim Curry Pennywise. I you mean, fucking nerd. Yeah, that's what you call, you call me all kinds of things when I do shit like that. You big fucking nerd. <laughs> Dracula, you big fucking nerd. It's <laughs> forever like one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like, I don't even know what the original Moon Knight comics look like, but that was, that's way better. Dracula, you big fucking nerd. Where's my money? <sighs> I'm sure Sean's posted that in the group. If he hasn't, that's I a, think I did. I don't think shame. anybody gave a shit. Just like nobody laughed at my Justin Trudeau thing. Well, actually, I got a few likes on the Justin Trudeau thing. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's, there, people just You'll keep finding more pictures that. of him in blackface. You'll never believe it's not that. Fucking Mark. Yeah, Mark. The ghost host. Of the, <laughs> the ghost show. host. The ghost host of the show. I do want to have Mark on as, uh, as, a, as a 2001 Space Odyssey expert or as a Masters of the Universe expert. Probably right. 2001. We don't have... Movie like expert testimony on this goddamn no, show i just mean like you could come on well with 2001 i've i told him i, I thought i was like i've never seen it and yeah i haven't either he got like he got like real deep he's like well there's like three ways you can look at this movie he's like i don't i okay. want to get into it yeah everybody so calm down we need to maybe we watch it and then we discuss <laughs> it because i actually did see it as as a little kid i remember seeing it at my grandparents house when i'd go over there i'd stay up all night that could be cable. like a special episode where you just take the recording equipment over to his house and you guys no, just you would come it. too though oh no I'm, yeah i'm busy that too. day uh but well, in I, that case it has to be more like we let's not i saw bits and pieces movie. of it that have stayed with me for years but i've never actually watched the movie but i, I just remember there was very little dialogue oh I'm there not, was I don't want uh that. there were like gorillas running around or something or like uh troglodytic people i don't again i was i was a very small child had no clue what was going on and this is a very heady movie um and then you know the giant spaceship uh and a lot of classical music like that's that's my memory of 2001 a space odyssey are you sure you weren't watching fantasia yes i am 100 okay. percent sure because right. it was all live action there was no animation whatsoever. Live action Fantasia? <laughs> it was not. This was definitely 2001. But that's like my first memory of Alien was the same way. I When I first saw like Alien for real at, I was staying the night at somebody's house. Alien for real? What's that? Alien for real? Uh, I was staying the night at a kid's house as a teenager and we went to the video store and I I never, I thought I had never seen it. And, and his mom was like, I'll rent you R-rated movies. So we're, I'm like, well, let's get Alien. I've never seen Alien. Always want to see Alien. And I saw Aliens before I saw Alien. And I wanted, so I wanted to see the original. And we're watching it. And we get to the point with uh, Ash, the droid, when uh, they start kicking the shit out of him. And he starts spewing that white liquid everywhere. And then yeah. I had a memory. I was like, holy shit. I saw this as a little kid. And my memory was, why is that man filled with milk? Because that was the memory I had from when I was a little kid. Like, that's what I thought as like a seven year old watching right. this movie. I was like, I didn't know he was an android. It wasn't following the movie at all. I would just stay up late taking advantage of their HBO or whatever. Uh, anyway. All right. So let's wrap it up. Uh, that's that's all I got. Oh, no, a memory. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't unpleasant. It was just weird. It was like, I have seen this or at least part of it. I, rem I remember seeing Halloween on a road trip with my grandpa. I used to take road trips with my grandpa a lot. Yeah. Sounds creepy, but it's it wasn't. He was just good. he went places, and like sometimes I went, and on the rare occasion he would get us a hotel and not make us sleep in the back of the truck. <laughs> so Luxury. That's there's something for the for the old memoir. <laughs> um, but on the occasions that we would get a 
get a hotel, you know, all of us would sleep in, it was a motel, number one, and all of us would sleep in the same motel room. Yeah. Which is great, because there were six of us. Right. So that's fine. So nothing I assume to, you were on the floor? Nothing to complain. Or when we would camp, I would always get right by the, the leaky part of the tent. Oh, that was, was me. I fucking... I, uh, I still hate camping. Anyway, um, but that's how that's how I first saw Halloween. Oh, good. Was it was on HBO when the like motels would be like, HBO rooms. Right. And we'd be like, ooh, six people in a room. This is going to be fun. Let's go. And then um, I saw Halloween there, and it was like, fuck yeah. That's when I knew like I liked. And then I would like try and tape that stuff when it was on TBS. Yeah. TNT and it was never as good. I, I remember watching Halloween 2 and I don't think I'd seen any other Halloween. Like I wanted to see Halloween movies, but my mom was visiting somebody around, it was like around Halloween and they had it on the TV and my mom wasn't, you know, she wasn't going to be like, can you turn this off? Mm-hmm. Can you so turn this off? I, I was supposed to be playing off. with these kids or whatever, but I kept finding reasons to go in the living room and that, I remember I watched that was like the main scene I remember seeing was when he killed the person in the sauna. Yeah, that's but the else. other thing that stuck out to me too is when the kid came in with the cut up mouth. Yeah, from the candy. Yeah, and I was like, and if I didn't know any better, so You're I'm like, like well, I this really just, happens. I saw I it's in a movie, do it. <laughs> right? Kid with their bloody mouth. So those are the two parts I really remembered up until I actually saw Halloween two years years and years later. But yeah, I would come in and just I was just fascinated by watching this horror movie. Um, yeah. That was a cool part about having older aunts. I mean, like they were they weren't like sisters to me by, by any stretch of the imagination, unless unless you have like abusive ass older sisters. But that's a thing. Well, I guess it is. But then you don't see them at all. So <laughs> um, but they were like sisters in that I was able to get exposed to way cooler movies. Right. Than I would normally. And I got to read the. Um, oh, who is that chick? With Joey Buttafuoco. Oh, Amy, Amy Fisher. Amy Fisher. I got to read the Amy Fisher Fisher memoir. That was pretty sweet because <laughs> one of them had gotten it out of the library for one of our road trips. And I was way too young to be reading that shit. Right. But I was like, pass it over here. I want to read about right. this fucking tramp. I'm shooting. It's great. It's <laughs> fucking tramp. Yeah. So that was good. All right. All right. Let's wrap it up. That, uh, now it's enough BSing. Don't don't forget about our. Our Patreon. Yeah, we forgot to do housekeeping for like three weeks in a row. But (laughs) housekeeping. Couple goals. Patreon. Hit us up. Visit us. Yeah, we we got a good topic. I have a good topic this week for our Patreon uh, uh, podcast. Yeah. It'll be it'll be fun. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week. Oh, next time you hear from us, it'll be our wedding anniversary that we record on. Oh. Maybe we should record early, or we could record on our wedding anniversary. Yeah. 17 years, baby. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. Thanks, guys. It's whatever. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.